You're listening to Local Church Podcast. We hope this message helps you to be with and follow Jesus. Enjoy the sermon. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 9. We are in the book of Luke. I'm going through the book of Luke and just spending time together in this book. Uh, why don't you all, once you get there, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. And we're going to read Luke 9, 51 through 62. Luke 9, 51 through 62. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word. Speak to us through your word. We pray that we would see you and hear you today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. A lot, a lot of stuff packed in these two little paragraphs. We, we will not be hitting it all. I just want to make a couple, few points on them today. Um, this first story uh, is just wild. You can see the, like, you can kind of see the buildup of the disciples. Like, they're getting a little bit power hungry, I think right? They're, they're following Jesus, and he's doing crazy miracles, and they're like, we're with this guy that's doing miracles, and bigger crowds are coming, and they're like, we're with this guy who's got the bigger crowds coming, like, and I think some of it's starting to go to their head. Like, we talked about last week, they're starting to argue about which one of us is the greatest, right? Who, who is, up, is the greatest? And they're kind of getting that kind of self-consumed in how great they are. And now this week, uh, this town is not re not receiving Jesus, right? Basically, people are not not ready to receive Jesus. They don't want to love Jesus. And you think about how many people you know in your life that are not ready to receive Jesus. And uh, James and John, they come up with this idea, and this kind of shows you the the kind of power hungriness, maybe the just cockiness that they're starting to feel, that may, that maybe the the craziness they're starting to feel. And this is their idea. They just say. Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume these guys that don't receive you? Now, here's how we think we'll deal with this. These people are making us uncomfortable. They're being rude. They're not receiving us. Let's call fire down from heaven and consume them. Now, what this paragraph, I think, the good news of this paragraph, this is the good news of this paragraph, is this. Jesus is God, not us. Jesus is God, not us humans. 
See, us humans, we get like a little power and it, it messes with us because our, our character is screwed up. These guys are just around power and it's starting to mess with their character, right? If, if we were God, this kind of shows us what uh, humans would do if they got a hold of this power. It's like Lord of the Rings when they get the ring, like the power, just like, ah, what am I going to do with this? They can't, it starts to consume them. What humans would do with this type of power is we would just be like, well, let's just call down from fire from heaven to consume people whenever things aren't going our way. Like, just imagine that this, you have this power, and you're sitting in traffic, and someone cuts you off. Fire from heaven, you know? Boom, get it. You go, and you didn't get the promotion you deserved. This guy got the promotion, and the boss screwed you over. Well, this guy and the boss, fire from heaven, him. Right? You, you're, you're on the phone, and you've been waiting and waiting, and they put you on hold again. That's it. That's the last time I'm being put on hold. Fire from heaven. Right? You go to the DMV for like 10 minutes. Fire from heaven, everyone here. Just everyone in here. Fire from heaven, and I'm Right? And I'm not doing this. You watch the news, you hear a politician, fire from heaven. <laughs> Your kids wake you up for like the eighth time in the night. And you're just, That's it. I want to sleep. Fire from heaven. <laughs> right? Ref makes a bad call. Says, ah, what kind of call is this? Fire from heaven. You meet a Yankee fan? You're, you like the Yankees? Fire from heaven. <laughs> you open your hamburger? I didn't ask for pickles. I told you no pickles. There's pickles. Fire from heaven. <laughs> you could just see how this would just get out of hand. And there is a reason. The good news of this passage is Jesus is God, not us. Right? It is good news that we are not God. It's good news that Jesus' followers are not God. Right? Think of how many Jesus followers you've ticked off, that you've had an argument with, that you've pushed the wrong way. Aren't you glad that they couldn't just fire from heaven you? The good news is that Jesus is God, not us. What does Jesus do? Jesus is just, I love the response. I would, have, I, I would love to have more detail, but I love the little bit of detail here as well. Just says, but he churned and rebuked them, right? James and John are coming. Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and just boom, vanish these dudes that didn't receive you? And he just turns to them and just like, are you serious? <laughs> What were his words? Like, I wish we could unpack this rebuke. Like, what did he tell him at this moment? Guys, honestly, you've been with me day after day after day. You think this is how I, I handle things? Like, have you not been noticing that this is not the way I handle things? No. It's good news that Jesus is God and not us because Jesus is far more gracious. He is far more patient. He is far more merciful. It is good news that Jesus is God. Because if Jesus was more like us, guess what? He would have already called down fire on us. You've already so many times not received him. Not received his instruction. Not received his correction. Not received his guidance. How many times have we not received? If he was like us, he would have already called down fire from heaven on us, but he remains patient over and over and over again. Patient, 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 merciful and gracious, merciful and gracious. Far more merciful and gracious than any of us would be 
if we had access to the same power. We're forced to be merciful and gracious because we have no stinking power. <laughs> but he has access to all authority and power and is still merciful and gracious. And this is good news that Jesus is God and not us. Let's move to the second paragraph. It says, and then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Again, like I said, there's a lot of things in here. Um, I'm going to mainly focus on one thing. One thing that I've heard pointed out by theologians in verse 59 when he says, Lord, let me first and go and bury my father. Um, maybe he needed to go bury his father right then and there, but most theologians say that at that time what it meant like, let me wait for my father to pass away uh, because he's of older age, and then I'll go and follow you. And so there was that it wasn't just a momentary hesitation, although I think Jesus would have corrected even that, but in this instant, well, a lot of theologians think that this was talking about this much longer extended hesitation. What I want to talk about today, though, in this passage is this idea of no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God, and this idea that when Jesus calls you to follow him, and you become a part of his family and a part of his work, and his work, his work is to advance his kingdom. What is his kingdom? His kingdom is all space where his rule and reign is being obeyed. Okay? Where you are under the gracious rule and reign of heaven. And the Bible talks about there just being two kingdoms. This kingdom of darkness and this kingdom of light. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of the world. Uh, that... There, you're only living in one of those two kingdoms. We like to think there's a bazillion different types of different kingdoms. There's American or Canadian or sports kingdoms or all these different little kingdoms. And there are. There's kind of these micro kings and little things that you can follow or make a ruler in your life. Anything that you're making be what rules you can be like a king in your life. I mean, you can make alcohol a king. It can rule you, right? Right? You can make a job a king. It can rule you. But there are really only two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. And Jesus says, if you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, if you're going to be part of his kingdom, if you're going to be a part of his work, which his work is advancing his rule and reign in your heart, in your home, in your neighborhood, in our world, he is advancing the kingdom of heaven. 
advancing this kingdom that is ruled by the great commandment to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So a kingdom, to advance this kingdom that is ruled, motivated, and led by love. And Jesus says, if you are going to be a part of this work, there's no turning back, that you must plow forward. No one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the work. Like if you're going to plow, and I, I, I love the illustration of plowing. See, we, we often want the kingdom of heaven to just arrive in our hearts, arrive in our homes, arrive in our neighborhoods, arrive in our city with just ease, right? And let's just all have a Jesus' kingdom is here parade, right? Like a nice gig harbor parade down the house yesterday or a fleet blessing this morning or and let's just share ice cream cones and get a picnic lunch and the kingdom of heaven will just be here and let's just no he's saying like if you want to be a part of this work that i'm doing this work of advancing my rule and reign in your own heart in your own home in your neighborhood in your the lives around you it is plowing and what is plowing plowing is taking soil, dirt, ground that is not fit for planting anything. And then digging it up, doing this hard work of digging it up so that things can be stoned and grown and planted there. Plowing is hard work. There's all these obstacles. There's just the hardness of the ground. There's the rocks that you run into. There's the roots that are messing things up. And, and this is, this is pre-tractor days, right? Now, Jason's over here just thinking, well, I got like three tractors. So I could get one. I can make, I can plow this thing up in no time. No, 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 no. Because notice he says, no one puts his hand to the plow. Right? No one puts his hand to the plow. This is hard work. And sometimes following Jesus feels a lot like plowing. Sometimes trying to have the kingdom of heaven move forward in your own heart feels like plowing. Sometimes trying to see the kingdom of heaven move forward amongst your family, amongst your friends, amongst your coworkers, it feels like plowing. Sometimes wanting to see the kingdom of heaven advance in our world, it feels like plowing. And Jesus has encouraged them, plow forward. Keep pressing forward and following Jesus and joining him in this work. There's a famous uh, open water swimmer. Her name is Florence Chadwick, and there's a famous story about her. Some of you guys have probably heard this story before. Um, she's probably the most used open water swimmer human for sermon illustrations or motivational speech illustrations ever used. Florence Chadwick, mark it down. Um, San Diegan. Florence Chadwick was an open water swimmer, and she quite famously, the swim she's most actually famous for was this swim where she was trying to swim from Catalina Island, which is off of the coast of California, to the California mainland. Um, and she was 
15, 15, 1 and a 5. 15 hours into her swim. It was a pretty long swim, right? Just a nice little 15-hour open water in the ocean swim. And she's swimming in the fog. And at around, at, at a little after 15 hours, after just only seeing fog and fog and fog and not really knowing where she was, she finally gives up and gets into the boat, and she found out she was only a mile away. She, was only, she only had a mile left, which for some of us, swimming a mile would be like, well, that's really, really long. But for Florence Chadwick, that would have been like 20 more minutes after 15 hours, maybe a half hour. Um, you know how fast she was going after 15 hours. And when she found out, where she was, she said, if I, if I could have seen the shore, I would have easily made it. Had I been able to see the shore, I would easily made it. But she couldn't see the shore. All that she could see was the fog. And because all that she could see was the fog, no longer could she keep swimming. Church, sometimes in this call to plow forward, to join Jesus in advancing the kingdom of God. Sometimes all that we can see is the fog. Obstacle after obstacle, falling on our face after falling on our face, painful miss, hardship, sickness, disease, betrayal, rebellion, crushing loss after crushing loss. Sometimes all we can see is the fog. And Jesus is saying, plow forward, plow forward, and you look around, and life will give you a lot of fog. Jesus invites us to follow him. He invites us to plant the kingdom of God. He invites us to be a part of his kingdom work. But life often throws a lot of fog at you. One of the things that helps ships when they're in the midst of fog is what? A lighthouse. A lighthouse will tell them where shores are or will warn them where there's rocky uh, jetties or just areas where maybe there's just a lot of rocks underwater that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, but it's also just a break from the fog. It's a break from the fog. If we are going to plow forward when life gives us fog, we are going to need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. There'll be plenty of rocks. There'll be plenty of roots. There'll be plenty of obstacles. There'll be plenty of distractions. And there will be plenty of fog as we try to plow forward in loving Jesus and loving others. Loving Jesus and loving others sometimes is smooth. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes there's just a lot of fog, a lot of fog, and a lot of plowing. And in those times, we must keep Jesus in our eyesight. Keeping Jesus in his promises in our eyesight helps us see through the fog and still see that shore. It gives us that, that line. We need the shore of Jesus' promises when the fog has worn us out. We need the shore that Jesus will come back and make all things new. We need the shore that we will be forgiven in experience deeply and eternally forgiveness forever and ever and ever. 
We need the shore that Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us when we feel alone and we feel forsaken. We need the shore that Jesus can change any heart, change any life. When that person we're trying to reach, reach out to just seems too far gone. We need the shore of Jesus' promise that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion when we fall into the same addiction, the same sin, the same fog in our life again and again. We need that promise that he will advance his kingdom in our hearts. And we get to join him, plowing forward with him, but he's the one doing the main plowing. Church, fix your eyes on Jesus. Then you will be able to plow forward. Jesus says this, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's bad news. Because how many of you have decided to follow Jesus, decided to plow forward, but have looked back? What that means, if, if you have done that, when I have, if you can raise your hand and be like, oh yeah, there's been a zillion times where I've looked back, it means you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Which means none of us are likely fit for the kingdom of God. I mean, if we're taking our fitness test, our kingdom of God fitness test, we're all getting Fs. Right? You needed 50 push-ups, you gave me two. You failed the fitness test, you don't get that cool yellow t-shirt. Okay? This is an obscure 90s high school fitness test reference. Did anybody get it? Did you still do the yellow t-shirts? Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so I got a few people got that. Right? No t-shirt for you. <laughs> We often fail. But remember, so this is the bad news, but remember the first story. Remember the first story. That Jesus is merciful and gracious and patient. And so, yes, we're not fit, but guess what? He takes those who are not fit with him anyhow. Do you think any of these disciples are fit for the kingdom of heaven? They've just been arguing about who's the greatest and trying to down, call down fire on people. They're just probably not passing the fitness test. They're not getting the yellow t-shirt. The good news is even though we often fail, our king is merciful and gracious. Even though we are not fit for the kingdom of heaven, Jesus makes a way for us to be a part of his kingdom. Jesus not only makes a way, Jesus plows a way for us to be a part of his kingdom. Jesus not only plows a way and makes a way, but Jesus is the way into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, when he was on earth, met obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, but he continued to plow forward because his kingdom must come to this earth. When Jesus was in the garden, he asked his disciples to pray with him. Did they pray with him? No, they looked back and fell asleep when he begged him to stay awake when he was facing his darkest hour. Later that evening, Jesus was arrested. But did Jesus give up then? No, he kept plowing forward even as he was unjustly arrested. Later, Jesus faced a bogus, a completely bogus and false trial. But did he get disrupted from his mission from this bogus and false trial? No, he continued to plow forward. Later then, Jesus was 
physically, emotionally, and verbally abused while he was under arrest. Physically, emotionally, and verbally abused while he was under arrest. But did he look back? No, he continued to plow forward. He continued to plow forward to win your hearts and win my hearts. He continued to plow forward to purchase us. He continued to plow forward so that we might be forgiven. But it didn't stop there. Then Jesus was executed by crucifixion, nailed to a cross, his hands and feet nailed to a cross. And he continued to press on and plow forward, even praying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then Jesus was buried in a tomb. Buried in a tomb, he was dead. And not even death itself could stop Jesus from continuing to plow forward, to continuing to build his kingdom and advance his kingdom. He broke the grip of darkness, broke the grip of sin, Satan, and death, and continued to plow forward because Jesus is fit for the kingdom of God. And Jesus is making a way for the kingdom of God to come here. And Jesus has made a way for us to join him because Jesus didn't just plow forward, he resurrected. And Jesus is now the good soil. He has plowed forward and made good soil for you and I to plant our lives into. We seed ourselves into the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He made good soil with his own blood. Jesus not only made the way, Jesus is the way. And Jesus didn't look back. He never looked back. He only looked forward. He looked forward to the day that he would win you. He looked forward to the day that he said, I forgive you. He looked forward to the day where he said, I have made a way for you to be a part of my kingdom. And now even though we don't deserve it, even though we're not fit for it, he invites us to not only enjoy the pleasures of his kingdom, but to take part in the greatest purpose the world has ever known, to love God and love others and invite others to know this loving Jesus, to invite others to know the way. And we get to join him in building the kingdom in our own hearts, in our own homes, amongst our own neighborhoods, in Gig Harbor, Port Orchard, the West Coast, amongst the orphans in Mexico, to the ends of the earth, we get to be a part to Laos and beyond, we get to be a part of seeing the kingdom of heaven planted and sown and grown. We get to put our hands to the plow and join him in a work that we would not be fit to do. We get to do it by grace. And even when we do look back, he has made a way to pardon us and forgive us over and over as we look, fix our eyes on the cross and are reminded of the light of Jesus' resurrection the light of Jesus' resurrection that keeps us pressing forward even when the fog is thick. Because our Savior, our Savior kept pressing forward through the, through the fog of death itself and is resurrected, bringing the brightest light. Church, we get to join him. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that we get to be a part of your work we thank you so much that we are not God, and you are. 
We thank you so much for how merciful and gracious you are and the good news. And we thank you so much that you plowed forward for us, that you made a way for us, even when there was no way. Even when the stone was rolled over the tomb and it felt like there is definitely no way for us, you made a way. Oh, we praise you. Help us, Jesus, to be men and women who rejoice in your grace. And help us to grow in our fitness for advancing the kingdom. Help us to grow in joining you and seeing the the greatest commandment to love you and love others. Grow in our own lives and this church and our community and beyond. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me leave you with this benediction. Locals, Jesus had decided to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. There was no churning back for him. No churning back. The cross was before him, the world behind him, and he still plowed forward so that you and I could be forgiven, redeemed, and take part in the kingdom of heaven. Go enjoy Jesus. Fix your eyes on him and join him in advancing the kingdom of God. Go be the local church. Thank you for listening to Local Church Podcast. To learn more about our Jesus community, visit us at www.localchurchgh.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.